0: This is, it was a thing on TV. Total Red man has ever
1: done something like this to me. It's, uh. Time! Ladies and gentlemen, I give you. The Dregs of Humanity!
0: Minnesota 17. Submission number 2318. Lingo in 1987. Lingo, in 1987, aired in syndication from September 28th of 1987 until March 25th of 1988 for 130 episodes.
1: Can you guess this five-letter word beginning with the letter P? Price, P-R-I-C-E. That's not it, but those squares around the letters P, C, and E mean those letters are in the word and in the right position. The R and the I are not in the word at all. Try again. Place. P-L-A-C-E. That's right. Now guess this five-letter word, beginning with the letter S. Skirt. S-K-I-R-T. No, it's not skirt, but the squares tell you the S and R are in the right place, and those circles, they mean the K and T are in the word, but in different positions. Try once more. Stork. S-T-O-R-K. That's right. Hi, I'm Mike Reagan. And I'm Dusty Martell. And that's how you play television's most challenging new game show, you?
0: Your knowledge of five letter words. In case you haven't noticed in the last month or so, month and a half, one of the big, I don't want to call it a fad, but one of the big things on the internet has been a little game called Wordle. And everybody that I hear from who's not a TV fan is like, oh, this is the most amazing game ever, and this should be a TV show. And then we sort of chime in and say, hey, Did you ever watch GSN, Game Show Network, between like 2002 and 2006? Because there was a show called Lingo with Chuck Woolery, and it was exactly like Wordle, except it was only five guesses per word, and they gave you the starting letter. It's the exact same game. Oh, I didn't know this was something that existed. Surprise! Yeah, it it, uh, was on Game Show Network for years, uh, and even reruns of the 2011 version with Bill Engvall, the far inferior version, if you will. They rerun on Game Show Central, which is on a number of streaming platforms, including Pluto TV. But one thing that people may not know is there was a version of Lingo, which actually aired briefly in the late 80s. Did you know that, Greg?
2: Yes, I did know that.
0: You're not helping. Okay. Yeah, there was a version of Lingo in the late 80s, like we said, 87 to 88. It had a couple of hosts, and it was a Canadian production. And the game is very much similar to what you see nowadays in Lingo, what we saw on the Game Show Network, but also, again, very similar to the Wordle type of game. Uh, where you have five-letter words, five guesses. It's basically this five-letter word game with bingo, but there's uh, it's a little different than the, the the game show network show. Well, we'll get into the changes in a little bit. First, we'll talk about the hosts because it did have two hosts during its time on air. One of the hosts is a presidential adopted child, Michael Reagan. Oh. Yeah, and he was a talk show host, uh, sort of a personality. I, I would say he's not as um, as big as his, uh, his siblings, thinking about... Um, Ron um,
2: th- and uh, Patty Davis.
0: Yeah, he was uh, by no means as big as uh, Patty or Ron Jr. or even Maureen Reagan, but still ha- had a very good career himself. He hosted Lingo for a brief period of time, and then he was replaced, and you're not going to believe who they replaced him with. Who? The producer of the show, Ralph Andrews. I did not know this. Yeah, Ralph Andrews replaced Michael Reagan as host of Lingo for the last number of months or so. Not a terribly long time. But you may know that name, Ralph Andrews. He produced a lot of TV shows, including just a small list here, Liars Club, It Takes Two, if you remember that from the late uh, 60s and early 70s, and a game we've mentioned quite a bit the last few weeks, and we're going to talk about it later this year, Greg, 50 Grand Slam.
2: Oh yeah, 50 grand slam.
0: Yeah, that, that was a Ralph Andrews show. I did not and know celebrity that... sweepstakes. We should also mention celebrity sweepstakes and you don't say. Yeah. those are as big shows. I did not realize
2: 50 grand slam was a Ralph Andrews joint.
0: Yes, it was. So we're gonna mention Ralph Andrews's name later on this year because of 50 grand slam. So again, as we said, the game is very similar to The lingo game that you saw on Game Show Network, you have a five-letter word, the first letter is given to you, and any letters that are in the word, if they're in the right place, just like on the Game Show Network version, if they're in the right place, they turn red. And if they're in the word but not the right position, they're highlighted with a yellow circle. So it's sort of the equivalent of what you see with Wordle nowadays with yellow uh, bordered letters or yellow backgrounded letters saying it's in the word, but in the wrong place, but green letters are in the word and in the right position. Same game. Uh, and you do the same thing that you do in the lingo. After you get the word right, you, uh, you and your partner each take a ball out of a bin of balls and whatever ball you pick goes on a lingo board. It, it's just like a bingo board with uh, columns from, your B's are from 1 to 15, your I's are from 16 to 30, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. One team has the odd number balls, one team has the even-numbered balls, and each team got seven spaces filled in, generally like a diamond shape, but missing one of the corners. The object of the game is to get a straight line, either vertically, horizontally, or diagonally, just like bingo. Unfortunately, there's three red balls in there, and red ball gives control to the other team, but also there's prize balls in the bin. At least for starters, they changed it as time went on to, uh, I think it was just one prize ball, maybe two prize balls. And one of them was like a jackpot ball, which increased in value for every uh, game that it wasn't won. But the first episode, there were like three prize balls, And one of them was like an expensive trip to Hawaii. And one was like a $500 gift certificate to some place. So there were some decent prizes in there. The main difference between this show and what we saw on Game Show Network. One, games were not self-contained. So you could have a game end really quickly and then... Straddle over to the next episode, and you only had to win one game to win the game. You didn't have to keep picking lingo's and and accumulate points. Whichever team got a lingo moved on to the bonus round and also won a thousand dollars. The team that lost initially off the show, but again, sometime in the run, they gave them like two losses near out, sort of like uh, concentration, classic concentration. Around that time in 88, 89-ish, where you stayed on the show till you got two losses, or you you ended up winning the car. But the big difference between the lingo in 1987 and the lingo we know in 2002 and so on is the bonus game. It's sort of like anti-lingo. It's actually called the no-lingo round. And the object was to not get a lingo. Your bingo board, for starters, was filled with 16 balls. 16 spots were filled, and they basically formed like an asterisk shape. So you had your diagonals filled. You had your vertical line going through the ends filled. You had that middle horizontal line filled. You didn't have the center value filled, though. You didn't have the free space, as it were, the the center spot. And you had eight positions around the the board that weren't filled in. You played five more words, five more five-letter words, and the number of turns it took you to get the word is the number of balls you have to pick from the bin. And again, it's all the even numbers or all the odd numbers from one to 75. And I think it's just the even numbers. I haven't seen any episodes with odd numbers, but they have all the numbers in the bin. So you've got two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that includes uh, spaces that have already been marked off. So you've got everything in the bin. And you just pull numbers, pull numbers, pull numbers. And in addition to the number balls in the bin, there are three gold balls. And what those balls entail you to is basically a free pass to the next level and you earn that amount of money. So if you got a gold ball in your first play, you get whatever that first reward is and you don't have to pick any more balls. So that's a big help. And every time you play your number of pulls and don't get a lingo, your money doubles and how that worked. It changed in the course of the show, but how that worked initially was your first game, you won $500. Every time you got a word and successfully didn't get a lingo, in however many pools you had to do, you doubled your money. So 500 became 1,000, 1,000 came 2,000, 4,000, 8,000, $16,000. You're done after five words. So the most you could win the first time you went up there is $16,000. The second time you win, you started with $1,000, and you doubled all your way to $32,000. And then the third time you played, which was your last time, you only got three chances. There were only three-time champions on this show. The third time, you started with $2,000 and could conceivably double your way up to $64,000. And they actually promoted that on the show. You could win over $100,000 on this show. And yeah, if you add 16000 and $32,000, and 64,000, that gets you like 112,000 if the math is right. So you could conceivably win that much money, even though you'd have to basically play three flawless bonus rounds, especially, particularly the last two. And even that first one, you have very little room for error. But again, in the course of the run, the rules changed a little bit. And this is where it gets a little interesting, let's say. This really reeks of cost-cutting move. The amount you're playing for in the bonus round is actually determined by how you completed your lingo board. So if you had a vertical or horizontal lingo, you started with the base $500, which meant you could max out at $16,000. If you had a diagonal lingo, you started at $1,000, and could theoretically win $32,000. The only way to get an opportunity at the $64,000 is if you form two lingos with one ball. So what that generally meant is you had to have a vertical and a diagonal, and the ball that you had to get would have been the vertex of those two lines, that, that one that gives you two lingos in a row. Or if you had like going through the center, a vertical and a horizontal getting that middle ball, the essentially where the free space would be in a normal game of bingo. If you created two lingos through that ball, you'd be playing for $64,000. So a bit of a cost cutting move. And also again, potentially because of the cheapness of the game or because it was too much money for beginners. Supposedly people didn't get paid. Uh, Oh, Uh Yeah, Susan, I knew you were going to say that. And actually, if you go on YouTube, on the official Ralph Andrews production page, they have an episode of Lingo hosted by Ralph Andrews from 1988 with a team going for $64,000. They actually get that double Lingo, basically, like how I said, getting the end column, uh, getting your vertical, and then... Uh, getting a horizontal and getting that one ball, which basically gives you a big plus sign. They got the double lingo. We're playing for $64,000.
1: And
0: this is so painful. I hate saying this. And if you've never seen it, please go see this. It came down to the last ball. They got... They started with the 2000, got to four, got to 8,000, got to 16,000, got to 32,000, played on. They went in the hopper. They had legitimately probably about, I'm going to say probably about 28 or 30 safe balls and one bad ball on the last pull. If they pull anything besides one number, they win $64,000. Greg, would you believe it? They pulled the one ball that lost them everything. Oh. The
1: only ball that can hurt you is 44. The only one that can hurt you is 44. The only one that can hurt you is 44. 44. I don't believe it. We'll be back. We'll be back. We may never come back. Where are you, camera? I'm Sarge. N-44. Let's give it to them. This is a courageous couple. They just risked $32,000, and they lost. We'll be right back. Don't go away.
0: That was such a deflating moment. They don't have any episodes with Michael Reagan on the official Ralph Andrews YouTube page. They have the one posted by Ralph Andrews with this happening. Yeah, there's like a 3% chance of them not winning $64,000. And lo and behold, they lost it. Deflating. But also, something interesting about the uh, the rights to the 87 version. Yeah. Apparently, and this is according to Wikipedia, the rights to the 80s version are actually owned by Ion Television.
2: Yes, because I do remember when Ion Television first launched, when it split off from Pax with McKeem Ion, they had a viewer poll on what shows they wanted to put on Ion. And this was one of the shows that you could vote on.
0: Yeah, it was. I, I remember this. This was on their list of shows Hey, what do you want to see? Sort of like what Buzzer did. Buzzer sent out well over a year ago at this point, a survey saying, hey, what shows do you want us to show? And they included like Celebrity Sweepstakes and Liars Club. Oh, coincidentally, two shows uh, owned by Ralph Andrews that we've mentioned in this episode. I don't remember if they had Lingo or at least Lingo from 1987. But they also had shows that have shown up on Buzzer, including Few and including the Newlywed Game. So there was some sort of influence, at at least on the Buzzer end. But I'm pretty sure that, like everything, Ion has shown, it seems for like the last like ten years, is just like CSI reruns and reruns of Criminal
2: Minds and Criminal Minds.
0: There's Canadian dramas that are just rerun like. It's like every weekend, it seems. So they're definitely listening in some way, because I'm pretty sure they may have had like a CSI back uh, on the the vote back then. But yeah, Lingo was one of those that they uh, let viewers vote on, obviously trying to sort of capitalize on Lingo's success on Game Show Network. Cause this vote happened in 2007. This is right about the end of when GSN was showing new episodes. I think the 2007 season was the end. Cause they were definitely looking for new contestants in 2006. Cause my sister and I tried out for it uh, a week before I graduated from college, oddly enough. So they were recording for a new season, but that was apparently it after 2007. They just like lived on in reruns for years And as we said earlier, the Bill Engvall version, which is far inferior to the 2002 to 2007 GSN version, it lives on on Game Show Central. They show reruns out the wazoo. It seems like they show like two or three hours of it a night. But yeah, Lingo had a previous life in 1987 and... Again, I mean, it's basically Wordle. And the thing is, people are like, oh, this is amazing. This is amazing. Where has this been all my life? And it's like, turn on your digital cable. It's been sitting on Game Show Network for years, but also at the same point, it was done 15 years earlier in syndication. It didn't get a lot of coverage. And obviously, it didn't last long. But also, you know, the legacy that people may not have gotten paid, you know, people forgot about it over time. But, you know, in the end, the 87 version, yeah, it got good 15 years later, thanks to success in the Netherlands specifically. But in the late 80s, lingo, it was just a thing on TV.
2: Yeah. And you know what, Mike? Now that the New York Times has bought Wordle, I'm going to officially declare it on this podcast right now, okay? Wordle, end of the craze. It's dead. We have officially on this podcast ended the fad.
0: Wordle, as a fad, is done. Done. Especially if New York Times starts charging us to play it. Oh, yeah. Or if they bombard us with ads. Or heaven to Betsy... If they put it on their website and they say, oh, you you played uh, your maximum amount of Wordle you can play for the month, and it's only the fifth of the month. Well, they do that with their articles. I get bugged all the time. You've read your three free articles for the month. Now you can subscribe for 99 cents a day.
2: You know what? If you've gone to at Doug J. Balloon on Twitter, you basically know the gist of the New York Times.
0: Well, yeah, if you've listened to our podcast uh, any period of time, you specifically know Greg's feelings about the New York times.
2: Yeah. I don't want to hear stories about Mr. Black's voters in West Virginia diners. Thank you very much.
0: Oh, by the way, uh, we mentioned the hosts. We didn't talk about the co-hosts. Oh, Uh, not that they're terribly um, well known because neither of them has a Wikipedia page, but the hostesses for the Michael Reagan hosted episodes, The uh, hostess was Dusty Martell. And apparently, again, sometime in the course of the run, Dusty was gone, presumably with Michael Reagan. I mean, that makes the most sense of anything. If you get rid of the host, you have to get rid of the co-host. You got to bring in a new regime. And the second co-host was named Margot McKenzie. Again, no Wikipedia pages on them. Sorry, Dusty and Margot. But that's lingo. Thank you for listening. Have a good rest of the week. Hey, guys, I just finished my wordle. What did I miss? I declared it dead. It's dead. Boy, Chico, you missed one episode, and Greg just kills off the Internet's greatest thing. Thank you, Greg.
2: Sorry, not sorry.